Today I want to, uh, if they put the verses up there, I want to talk to us about God's sacred calendar. God's sacred calendar has to do with times and seasons. We as people run by our watches. We run by our 24-hour days in our years. And, you know, thank God for them. Some of you could do better. (laughs) Running by your watch. But save that for another time. But God has a watch. God has a calendar. And it is called times and seasons. So here's our verse. To everything... There's a season. A time for every purpose under heaven. So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You'll remember the disciples asked Jesus about times and seasons. The Apostle Paul wrote about times and seasons. Daniel answered and said, as he has uh, just conveyed the interpretation of the dream, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. We live in the confines of time. The past lies behind us. It's like an open book. It allows us to see our successes, our failures. It's the wisdom of hindsight. But by contrast, the future stands before us. But yet it's like a wall of fog. We see vague outlines of what we perceive it to hold. And often when we get there, we discover that we are mistaken. God, on the other hand, is eternal. The future... The pastor, all alike to him. He's like an author that writes a book. And he knows what every character has done, is going to do, and is doing. See, remember, God is in control, but he's not controlling. 
God knows the entire story from beginning to end. And our failure to comprehend the full picture does not mean God's plan isn't perfect. Hello. The scripture says God's ways and God's plans are perfect. You see, just because we don't comprehend the full picture doesn't mean that his plan isn't perfect. It simply means that for the moment we are positioned to see the portion we need to see. Hallelujah. Absolutely. While eternity is a timeless zone, time is a limited zone. There's a word that I want to give to you to help you understand, to add to your, you know, perception or interpretation of time. See, time comes from the word tide, not the soap, but the ocean tide. When you begin to see that, you'll be able to, can, uh, you know, comprehend and understand and notice the tide. The tide. Oh, yes. Tide. There is the tide of life and there is the tidings of life. The ebb and flow, that periodic rise and fall in life's seasons. The natural ebb and flow, the spiritual ebb and flow of individuals, of nations, and persons' lives. It's the, it's the current Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, in the last days perilous tides will come. Perilous tides will come. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest we drift with the tide. Mm. Verse 3 says this, How shall we escape the tide's pull if we neglect so great a salvation? And he actually gives some outlines of help with regard to it. How many have put your foot in the ocean and watched the pull of tide? I don't like it. 
I didn't like it when I was knee-deep in it because of the undercurrent and the pull that was so strong. Naturally, many people have lost their lives to the tide. To the tide. So it's not just a time. It is a tide. When the scripture says, when the fullness of time, well, God is not looking at some watch. He is saying that when the tide was right, God sent his son. Praise his holy name. The tide. We must not neglect, he said, the great truths, or we will succumb to the tide. And we will drift. I read recently almost a horror story of this young girl that was on her floaty. There was a big floaty, and she was, you know, not in one of our lakes. She was on, in one of those bodies of water that has a tide. And just enjoying and enjoying the sun, enjoying the water, and she had to be rescued. Because all of a sudden she was swept out by the tide. The angel said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy concerning the tide. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Listen, it's about the tide. The gospel is about the tide. It is about the ebb and flow that happens in the seasons of life. So as you think concerning the times and the seasons, add to it the idea of tide. There's a blessing about time in that it is an investment opportunity for eternity. It's an instrument of measurement and assessment of planning and change. There is a tremendous blessing with regard to time. And that is this, that in time, change is possible. In eternity, change is not possible. We are changed from glory to glory. 
And that happens through the seasons of life. It happens, you know, in the ebb and flow of life. The timing and the tide of God. As the events in life take place, our friendships, our marriage, the enemy attacks, all in those frameworks in the time and tide. But how you respond determines how long you stay in that season. So what is the timing of God? What is the tide of God? Trying not to oversimplify it, but the tide of the timing of God is simply being where God wants you at the moment. It's about walking with God. It's about a time when God brings things to us and not so much about us bringing things to God. When the tide was right, God came. When the tide is right, God will Come. The understanding and the comprehension of the seasons and time is very important. Because it says about the sons of Issachar that they had insight on the seasons. And the time. And they knew what to do. Wouldn't it be wonderful to know what to do? Know what to do. Think about it. There's a beauty about God's timing. When you, when you flow in God's timing, you find the rest that destroys fear. You find the peace that, you know, fights against the anxiety about the problems of life. But it does more than that. It prepares you for the next season of your life. And it gives you the opportunity to ride the momentum of it what they call the big mole. Absolutely. Don't waste the tide. Don't waste the time. Ephesians 5.16 says, redeem the time because the days are Evil. It says avoid the traps of the enemy that happened in those high tides. Oh, yes. 
Why is it so important? Because you can't buy time. But you can't waste it. Time is opportunities. And opportunities are tied to the seasons of man's life. This is more of a lecture than preaching, but there's some great insight and truths in this. Learning how to use the right time for the right thing. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 6, because for every matter there is a time. One of the good news of this is that God is faithful to his own timetable. He's faithful to his own timetable. Oh, hallelujah. Yesterday, it can't be repeated, but it can oppress you if you let it. It can. But it also can help you have a better future. Wasn't it the wise man Solomon that went ahead and did all the experiments in life? And he come up with just a small recipe, you know what I mean, of what really makes life work. You know, life itself and seasons will just complicate. You go out and try to cross every T and dot every I, you'll never get it done. But if you fear God and keep his commandments, you'll be on the high tide of God. The present greatly affects your tomorrow. What you make of today determines your tomorrows, you program your tomorrows with the values and the habits, the thoughts, and the deeds of today. You do. Today's a good day. Today can be, you know what I mean, a, 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 a day that begins to make your future pregnant. It's your tomorrow. 
is pregnant with possibilities. It's a new season. Stepping into new seasons of life. And here's the good news of why tomorrow should be exciting. And that is according to Psalms chapter 1, every season has fruitful potential. It's not falling apart when you're in the tide and time of God. Every season has fruitful potential. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water who shall not cease to bear its fruit in the season. Oh, hallelujah. Every one of us have memories and testimonies sitting right here in the cupboard of our minds and hearts. But it's time to make space and room for more. Oh, hallelujah. You don't want to be swimming in old wine when you can swim in the new wine. Hallelujah. Of the flow of God. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Yes, when you move into the new season, it does not mean you forget the old, but it means you simply build upon yesterday's, oh, hallelujah, that God has already given. And how do you do it? Moving into new seasons requires two things. Your yes and your surrender. Absolutely. The new awaits to be discovered. Think about it. Oh, hallelujah. We need your yes. And he needs your surrender. Not just your yes and your Surrender for salvation. But your yes and your surrender for the future that God has planned. Hallelujah. How do you keep your destiny? How can we keep our destiny right now in this seemingly, you know, undestined, <laughs> you know, land, world? Do ordinary things in extraordinary ways. Yeah. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Glory to God. 
someone has said, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing well. God is not just a get by God, however he will help you get by. (laughs) Steward your responsibilities. Why? Because God is looking for you at your place of responsibility. The great prophet Elijah, as he was moving in the seasons of his life, the journey from one place to another, God says, when you get there, that's where you're going to find your supply. And then he gets there and no, no doubt the journey had been exhausting and energy robbing and, you know, you know and maybe even a little bit doubtful. Because how many know that Elijah could get a little bit doubtful? When he got there, there were coals, bread on the coals and, you know, food to eat and supply was there. My son told me this week that someone has said that we all want miracles, but we don't want the condition that miracles are necessary in. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. We pray for miracles. We want God to do miracles, but we don't have situations for miracles. So if you have a, a situation, you're a candidate for miracles. Amen. Hallelujah. So God's looking for you at your place of responsibility. Luke 16 and 10, he is faithful in what is least, is faithful also in much, etc., etc. We need to treat our current seasons with gratitude because they are God's training ground for the future giants in our life. David needed to know how to shepherd sheep. He had to learn how to do the bear and the lion in preparation so his faith would be strong enough to step out toward Goliath. When I was reminded this week at uh, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning is when we flew out. Wednesday morning at five, uh, two o'clock in the morning. Everybody should be sleeping. God doesn't think I need to sleep at two in the morning, you know. Well, you don't when you go to bed at seven, do you? I mean, 
<laughs> he just simply said, it only took one stone to bring down Goliath with one man that had a right source. Yeah. He said, I'm not going to do this. God's going to do it. I'm just going to go ahead and sling the stone. When change begins to come into your life and that tide of God begins to flow. You can expect new challenges. Peter is out on the water with his fishing buddies. A storm has come up. Even the most experienced can't survive this storm alone. But he was challenged in that moment to walk on water. Challenging. Without a doubt. Change is really a pathway forward. It's a pathway forward. When you step into new seasons, it brings new changes. It's just a season thing is in this tide thing is more than just the vocation, the location, or the situation. It has to do with inward change. Inward change when God says I will make and he says that a number of times he was telling us that he will make it to sprout forward like the garden that seems to be you know the plant that seems to be confined by the circumstances and by the natural. It breaks open. It breaks free. In fact, as he said, I will make rivers in the desert. I will make the, them to sprout forward. So it's not all about the right season on the outside. 
It's about the right season on the inside. In the last days, perilous times will come. Then he goes on to say what that tide will be. Men shall be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. There's a tide. It's come from the sea of darkness. And we don't want to let that tide into our inside. Keep the right season in your heart. I don't know. As you many of you know, I mean, I was raised a Christian, you know what I mean? And of course, I've been pastoring in here, you know, uh, for so many years that we don't even count the numbers anymore. And, uh, uh, but God has been doing just more inward work than ever, at least I'm recognizing it, <laughs> in my life than I've ever recognized before. It's not because, you know, I was so off or so bad or, you know, out of touch or out of line. I don't think so. No. He's preparing us for the next season. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this. He who observes the wind will not sow and he who regards the clouds will not reap. Don't be stymied by the clouds and the winds. So, (laughs) if you will work it, God will work it. But He's got to have something to work. Hallelujah. Prepared for the next season. There's a resolve in my heart, and it's 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 not a a, a man resolve, you know. Where well, I'm a man, so I just buck up and do it. <laughs> you know, it is a peaceful yet strong resolve. Yes. Have you given God your yes? It doesn't make any difference whether you're in the pit or the prison. God's plan has not changed. Joseph was in both and his plan was still prime minister oh bless his holy name (laughs) hallelujah being open to change 
It can either be a force for you, or it can be a force that stagnates you. Those that have lived a long time, long enough at least, have seen both. Those that are so hooked to yesterday, they're both so tied to the moorings of yesterday that they will never leave port. But you can trust God to changes. Because he is a God that is changeless in a changing world. I am the Lord, I change not. I got to hurry. Therefore, you sons, therefore, you are not consumed. I mean, who's holding this thing up anyway? If God, you know, somehow was to change, we're in trouble. my musicians to come this morning. You can apply this however you wish. Whatever world, and it isn't necessarily about a person, but God always has someone or something ready to move his plans forward. Always does. Hallelujah. God's mission must continue and he gives an invitation for any and everyone to participate in that mission. So change is safe in the hands of a changeless God. It's safe. It's positive. And it will yield fruit if we will respond to it correctly and embrace it. I believe that this is a season to enhance our spiritual well-being. Everything shut down, so to speak. You got more time on your hands than you've had for <laughs> years. Maybe.
let's open our hearts to receive the highest flood of God's tide. Let's go ahead and aid the tide of God and, you know, reap all the benefits from it by just simply obeying the divine laws of God. Divine laws. Oh, hallelujah. You'll have to rise above the tides. Second Timothy chapter three. Change happens. But we must learn to trust God with change or we will get lost on the path to our own destination. I hope that makes sense. We must learn to trust God with change or we will get lost on the path to our own destination. When Paul said, I've learned to be content in whatsoever situation that I get in, he says, I've just went ahead and learned to just flow with the tide of God. I've learned how to, to, to surf the tides of the seasons. And listen, church, America's sp spiritual tide has went way out. It doesn't have any height to its spiritual tide. But I can't get into my next message. Next Sundays, as we celebrate, the title is going to be After the Flood. Oh, after the flood. It's time to turn our face toward God. Absolutely. You remember the, high, uh, the story of Ruth and Naomi. in a foreign land. And all of a sudden, she heard that there was a house of bread in her homeland. I'm going to be frank right now when you guys are here so it doesn't, you know, I'm safe because it doesn't, what you call it, uh, how do I say it? You know, it's not against you. It's time to start going to the house of bread. It's time to start coming to the house of God. It is. How 
shall we escape if we neglect? We'll find ourselves drifting. So wherever you go, encourage people. God is in the house. God is in the house. Hallelujah. Turn our face toward the house of bread. I wrote a message this week. I believe I sent it to Karen on Saturday. A moment with God again. Just so. Recognize which season you are in, in the tide, as you stand, tide of your soul. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing it. Oh, hallelujah. I hope you feel in my soul and my heart. Hallelujah. Young people. It's your season. It's your tide. Amen. When the fullness of tide had come. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. The tide. Thank you, Lord. David gave God his yes at Jesse's house. And it was some years before David moved into the role that God had for him. God just wants your yes to this morning. Yes. I've had to say yes to God lately. I've had to say yes. Yes, Lord. Without really knowing what the yes entailed. But I trust in God. In the changing times to a God that is changeless could I ask you this morning and I know it's past but you're just going to go outside and visit that's a good thing has God been working with your heart I'm not just talking about you know what I mean the changes in your life but has he been in your heart we're never too old to listen to the tap on your heart's door and you're never too young to answer it 
I know it's hard to believe, but hard to comprehend because I didn't fully understand it. But I was four years old when I said my first yes to God. Now I'm 73 and I'm still having to say yes, James. Oh, hallelujah. Yep. Praise God. Every season is different, but the plans for every season is good. Hallelujah. There is an open door, church. And it's the presence of God. I'm convinced right now that it's it's not so much the marketplace as it is the holy place. The holy place. We need the holy place. And then will come the marketplace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I can talk to you about the good old days, but I'm not gonna. Because the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Father, today, throughout the seasons of life, and the tide in those various seasons, We want to be like the sons of Issachar who understood it and knew what to do. Amen. And what does God say it said as the shepherd and the captain Hold a steady course. Hold a steady course. Go with God because He's gone and leading.